Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Morgan Motor Company. Earlier this week, you will have heard news of Jaguar Land Rover's investment in the Wolverhampton area. Now I'm delighted to announce that Morgan will be bringing a new plant to the Malvern area. And here it is. It's a rhododendron. Welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed as Zog and Richard uh, having a conversation about iPhone application. No change there. Hello, I'm Gareth and hopefully at some point before I finish this sentence, I've started mate. Yeah, yeah, well, (laughs) why not? Why not? Let's be real. Zog, come on, put your power button down my friend and come and join us on there. How nice it is to have Richard Porter with the headphones on. Hello. Zog with his headphones on. Hello. You know, I'm I'm Gareth. What was that beeping? That was the geeking out. Oh, it was like a smoke alarm. It tells you if you're getting too geeky. Yeah. Yeah, you probably turn it off when we're doing this yeah. <laughs> for obvious reasons. It's been so long. I don't know how many weeks since we convened to record a program about cars. And we've forgotten how to do this. I think we don't start until we're all at the microphone traditionally. <laughs> yeah, but not this time. Formula One, guys. I was in California for not the last race, which was Monza, but the one previously, and I picked up a term which I'd never heard before, which I'm going to apply liberally to Formula One. I can't remember the name of the guy. Is it David Hobbs, who's the commentator on speed in the States? And he said that Eau Rouge uh, Spa required testicular fortitude. (laughs) (laughs) Testicular fortitude. That's very good. That's wonderful, isn't it? So we saw some testicular fortitude from Schumacher and Lewis at Monza. Did you enjoy that? I did. Was that too much testicular fortitude from Schumi, maybe? There's a fine line between good, hard racing, which we all love, and... uh, Bullying. No, 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 he wasn't bullying, but he was... uh, uh, being Schumacher is what he was doing. He was being an awkward kid. Yeah. He? He, <laughs> yeah. he was being unnecessarily minded awkward, you know. and really costing them both a lot more time than you might sensibly have done. But, uh, but then we don't want racing cars to be really, sensible. We want them to race. Really don't we? brilliant to watch it on was. telly, it was. and that, for better or worse, well, for better, really. Yeah is what we want from Formula One. That's yeah. why we watch it. I, I think it's, it's entertainment. That's, you know, Monza was yeah. the most exciting Formula One race I've seen this season, I think. I was absolutely really? buzzing. Oh, it was I mean, ace. it's very good. It was... Well, actually, we've been sport for choice this season. Yeah, true. But in I, many ways. Yeah, one or two, one or two um, quiet moments. M- Monza's dreary. Yeah, yeah. Monza's yeah. probably the first F1 race that I ever missed and wasn't that bothered about. You know, some 11 years ago when my oldest son was born, Monza was won by, I think, Barrichello, and I, what, I missed that. He won the whole track. He, he won the whole track. They let him take it home with him, yeah. I missed it, and I thought, oh, well, you know, new son, first son born, that's kind of important. Mm. But from then on, I thought, I don't need to watch Monza. It's over in an hour and a quarter. Not much happens. Well, that's yeah. quite good because mm, well. it's the Formula One race for people who are in a hurry. For example, ah, when that race went out this year, yeah. I had foolishly arranged to go for Sunday lunch with some friends and then remembered that the race was on. And I said, could we meet like at half two? And knowing that the race would be probably be over by yeah. then, yeah. problem solved. So, yeah. you know, if you have got stuff on, Monza's great. So I hope that Barrichello lets Formula One keep using his track into the future. Because <laughs> <laughs> it enables you to sort of claw back some uh, Sunday social time if you need to. So uh, Sebastian Vettel's won the World Championship. Sorry, did I mention I'm from the future? Yes. I, I'm from four days, five days in the future. That 
well, this, this proves you're from the future, I guess. I don't think it really does, actually. I mean, you might as well go, did I tell you the sun came up tomorrow? I think we can assume uh, it's yeah. sort of going so. to. Yeah, and by the same token, that Sebastian Vettel doesn't need to draw on many reserves of testicular fortitude. <laughs> testicular is that what it is? Testicular, testicular fortitude. As in intestinal fortitude. Intestinal fortitude. That's a different yeah. thing. It is. To be fair to Vettel, he drove a beautiful Monza again, but he did that in a flaming, I keep saying Minardi, Toro Rosso. Remember his first win came at Monza in Toro Rosso. If you can win in a Toro Rosso, you've got to be a good driver. No wonder he's... One has he actually won the second one yet? In my head, he has two world championships back to back. You know, Red Bull or Vettel would have to screw up monumentally in order not to win. Now, it's quite possible to screw up monumentally. It's just not very likely at all. It would have to be have a to be screw up. Of, oh, it would have to be colossal. Such gigantic proportions. What, what, for instance, forgetting to turn up for the that next would be eight the one. Races, yeah, yeah, just knocking yeah, turning, off early. Yeah, yes. Oh, I didn't realize. Or becoming trapped race. in a room. Mm. Yeah, what, I think they'd go looking for him. The race was on Sunday? Oh, sorry. Oh, was, no. I thought it was Monday, oh, this one. No, because I've arranged to go for uh, Sunday lunch with... Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, can't I, make I, it. I'm, uh, someone really unimportant. Well, I went to see my friends Mark Pop and Zoe, so maybe, you know, maybe... I've seen them now for this month, so but yeah. maybe Vettel hasn't. He could go and meet them for Sunday lunch. Yeah. Does he know them? I don't know. I'll find out. Mm. Ask Mark I mean, it's, there's every, every possibility that he does. I mean, they live in St Albans, so... And oh, no, wait, no, no, that's it's not, not right. that far from Milton Keynes. That's it's true. over here. I think it? that's Does it. He? Uh, yeah, he? I think as I'm from the future. Yes, he's not going to turn up after Singapore. He's going for dinner with Zoe and Mark. Yeah, in, well, halfway between St Albans and Milton Keynes. <laughs> oh, enough about you, Mark. How are you, Zoe? <clears throat> Excuse me, folks. Um, uh, I'll be your waiter today. Have uh, yourselves ever been to a harvester before? Oh, yeah, I've been to a harvester many times, for sure. Um, actually, I'm sorry, aren't you Sebastian Vettel? Yeah, for sure, Sebastian, I am. But isn't there a Grand Prix on this afternoon, and aren't you supposed to be, like, you know, driving in it and that? Oh, for sure, but I'd also arranged to meet my friends here for lunch, so I decided to take the afternoon off. Sorry, mate, isn't that a bit weird? Yeah, but wait, aren't you Justin Wilson? Aye. Unfortunately. There was some massive motor show action in Germany last week. And by massive, I mean massive. The Frankfurt show is how big, Richard? Because you were there. Seriously, do you know how big it is? Oh, it's impossible to quantify. Uh, it's one of those one area the size of Wales. Uh, yeah, 15,000 football pitches. Yeah. Nelson's column double like a bus. Blue whale. Blue whale. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Labrador's head. Labrador's head. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> literally visible from space. Blah, <laughs> blah, blah. It is huge. It's so huge that I know somebody there, another journalist, had a little pedometer thing on his iPod Nano and he set it running for the, I think, day and a half that he was at the show and he racked up a total of just under 15 kilometres. That's yeah. pretty good. That because is pretty good. the thing is, particularly if you, as a lot of journalists do there, they book interviews with people who run car companies to make hmm. magazine features and so on. And if you've done that... You have to be very careful to time them 
in the right sequence. It's the equivalent of, of interviewing somebody in Birmingham and then being told that very quickly, like within the next five minutes, you must run to London or uh, you'll miss your slot. I yeah. could see how that would be a problem. Are they actually in different time zones, the different they are. halls? Yes. Mm. Sometimes within a stand, yeah. you'll find a different dialect being spoken by the staff <laughs> yes. who work on it yeah. uh, from one end to the other. Yeah. The Mercedes stand, and I'll give you an example of how this show is not just massive, but how much bigger it has become over the years that there's one hall, it's a huge hall, an ex- exhibition centre type thing, and the whole motor show used to be contained in that one hall. Is it, is it that Messer building? Because it, it's called the Frankfurt Messer. There's some big sort of almost steel cut-out silhouette just almost outside of a bloke... Does that ring a bell? Is that that building? No, but that doesn't mean... You've been sniffing glue again, Zoe. It's so big. The Frankfurt Music Mess. But that's essentially... It's it's like asking me about something outside a village in Scotland that I may never have been to, but it doesn't mean I haven't ever been in Britain, because it's that kind of scale where you're just thinking, well, there are bits and there are details that you must always miss. I genuinely got lost twice trying to find things. There is one motor show that's got to be bigger than Frankfurt, though, isn't there? Seriously, go on, guys, think about it. Uh, Covers more big, area. More, uh, it's British. It's new. The moving motor show at Goodwood, as they call it now. Oh, it's that? got to be bigger, uh, you know, technically. But do you know the, what? I don't think it is. Really? You know, I've really? been to both, and I swear to you, Frankfurt <laughs> is bigger. But it's as if, imagine the entire estate of Goodwood, all of Lord March's land being covered in exhibition halls, and other show-related marquees and displays they had a and track a thing inside, with lorries. Well, here's the thing. So the Mercedes stand now occupies what used to be the hall where the entire motor show was. It's like four or five storeys high. They have escalators to take you to the top mm. and this huge amphitheatre in the middle where the press conference is done. It's vast. You could spend all day on there just looking at the different cars they have. And then Audi, I think this is the thing that you were referring to, that Audi have built their own hall. They have outgrown any hall. So they built a whole building outside. This was the space station you were tweeting basically about. basically looks yeah, like a space yeah. station and there are different rumours about how much it had cost them. Some people said €5 million, Euros, some said twelve. There were even more inflated figures. It is a proper building and the most remarkable thing is that it has a track a single car width track that runs Mm. within its walls and goes up and down and I got to ride in the passenger seat of a car and we were driven round there and yeah it's only short but there's actually it has an inner circuit and an outer circuit and it's quite roller coastery because it has to go up to clear you know the tunnels that allow people in Mm. and then down and sort of swoops underneath stands and then you get on the inner circuit and you can actually drive out onto a stage in a kind of conference hall area and then you go back into the bowels of the building and suddenly you pop out sort of right in the basement bit. Kind of like a ghost train ride. It's a bit like that. It's extraordinary. But it's it's a motor show stand with a bloody track in it. It's extraordinary. And part of the reason for this, of course, the German manufacturers are constantly trying to outdo each other. Mm-hmm. So you can sense mm-hmm. that Audi went, if we put a track in there, that is some things that Mercedes will not have. <laughs> <laughs> the German manufacturers, or as I prefer to call them, the motor industry. Yeah. To Come on, degree. really. No, certainly mean, the German motor yeah. industry. Big chunk of the European motor industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. VW Group, aside from Audi. Audi had built themselves a whole building and then VW Group all the rest of them they occupied one big hall as well mm. um, and if you ever went when it still existed to the motor show at the NEC yeah. I'd say the hall that the VW Group occupies about the size of the biggest hall wow. at the NEC which is a big old hall I mean, the Mercedes place, that hall is just of an incomprehensible size because it has floors, effectively. It's just a whole world of Mercedes. I guess there was no Saab there this year. No, 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 sadly not. 
are Saab going to be at any motor show ever again? Are they going to survive this shortage of cash situation that they're in at the moment? I don't know if they are. It has a horrible overtone of MG Rover because, you know, Chinese companies say, oh, yeah, we'll help you out. We'll give you some money. Yeah, we'll buy into you. Oh, it's been delayed. Sorry, it's been delayed. Oh, it's been delayed again. Oh, dear, you've gone bust. Well, we'll buy all the bits that are left over. Thanks very much. There doesn't really seem to be that much left of Saab. It seems to be it's a much less valuable brand than it used to be. I mean, it still has some value, but it's not as if they were the technically smart, engineering-oriented, distinctive company that they you used to be. the uh, way that they, Saab... They became an offshoot of a... Yeah, um, they used to have this very proud engineering company. heritage, and the stuff yeah. they did with turbos is obviously quite noteworthy, but also on a less sexy note, they were also in the vanguard of things like direct in ignition, uh, yeah, yeah, getting with distributors right, yeah. and mm-hmm. engine management. They were and squirting water into your cylinders and all that stuff. Yeah, what, Squirting what water into yeah. cylinders? Uh, yeah, they, into, yeah, they had... What was it called? They were squirting... Water. Why? To why? improve. I don't know why. No, no, I, mean, I, I think, you know, this is ringing, this is ringing some kind of bell. Yeah. Or, or like, I'm sure I wasn't, it was I wasn't, drunk, I wasn't drunk, it was a Yeah, thing. yeah, unbelievably, yeah. I think some aircraft used to do this as well. There was some... Well, that's some why they did it, you why, see. Um, yeah, but it was just to make the cylinders all wet. You'd think it would be a bad idea, but it was to control the combustion in some way. I can't remember the details. I'll look into it. Yeah, not, I know. Not that, squirting that, water that, on the underside. Ring, that is ringing some kind of vague bell, yeah, to do with sort of... In some way, improving the efficiency yeah. of the ignition. Cool? I, I think it was only like a tiny schematic. <laughs> uh, Squirt aqua system. This may it. just be a kind of mass delusion, though, that Gareth and I have at the moment. And you know, uh, that often to, happens. He's just, you know, we're just. Well, I was going to say, it's actually true. I don't if know. these idiots were squirting water into their engines, they deserve to go out of business. What a bunch <laughs> of buffoons! <laughs> you know, My car won't start again, Sven. Nerd, the engine is full of water. <laughs> if only someone would invent some kind of, I don't know, you know, worldwide network of computers. You could just search on the spur of the moment well, no, see. to see if a fact like that is true or not. This is the rantings of a madman. No there change is no here. such thing as that. No hope. Never You'd be happened. talking about three idiots being able to drivel nonsense through your ears on a set of headphones from some description. Madness. That's not possible. Broadcasting Dream the world on. from a living room. That'll never happen. Dream right? on. No. no. Oh dear, Sven, I fear this is the end for Shab. These accounts do not look good and I cannot think of a solution. Well, Lars, have you tried injecting them with water? Here, let me show you. There, has that made them better? No, but now they are all wet. Yeah, I could have sworn that would work. Do you have any favourite cars at Frankfurt, sir? The Jaguar was certainly the standout car for me, the new E-Type, which I'd like to hear your thoughts on, Richard. You mean the, uh, the, the TVR Cigaris, what was it called? No, it's got a whiff of the 350, yeah. 350 about it. But it's that um, rear-end treatment, which yeah. itself is a homage to the E-Type, perhaps, that sort of kick-up at the rear, yeah. I think. I yeah. mean, other than that, obviously the new Capri, the Ford Evos, as it yeah. was, looks that a little bit too much like a... Prius at the moment, I think. There's something about the rear end of it. It's something about the height and the verticalness of the rear of it that makes it look a bit too Prius-y. 
This mm. is Ford doing what Ford doing. You notice what Ford are doing at the moment? I've mentioned this before on the programme. Since Ford have sold off, you know, their Crown Jewels, their Aston Martins, their Jaguars, their, their Range Rovers, they're dabbling in those areas because they couldn't previously. And you look at the, what's it called, the Vizos? Vizos? Evos. Evos. Evos yeah. The Vizos was the previous one that the became one the... produced by James Brown publishing and featuring Buster Gonad and his unfeasibly large Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sorry, Vizos. Yes. Yep. That's an operating system created by a North Eastern magazine, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. The Evos looks like an Aston Martin because they could do that because they don't own Aston Martin anymore. Have you seen the Ford, what's it called? Not the Fairlane. Is it the Flex in America? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks a bit like a Range Rover because they don't own well, Range Rover anymore. Well, they did that anymore. before they sold Land Rover. Mm-hmm. But the yes, the new grill that they're yeah. saying will be their new grill, and which yeah. is already going to be on the Focus ST. They've yeah. shown a concept of that. Then at Frankfurt, they showed the Fiesta ST concept. Which Lovely. Could well happen, and it's just an Aston Martin grill. Yeah, it's interesting that though that Jaguar concept has some very Aston Martin detailing mm, on the yeah. door handles. Which, is it um, a Callum car? It's it is. It's yeah. Ian Callum, the boss of Jaguar Design, who did the Aston DB7 and the Vanquish, and did most of the DB9. That was mm. essentially his work, and they just sort of finished it off. He also did the V8 Vantage, but at that point, it was supposed to be a mid-engine car. And then when he left. Or, or whether he went to Jaguar, he was at TWR, at their old studio in Oxfordshire, and he did all those Astons, and then after he'd gone, they changed their minds and made it front-engine. But fundamentally, the look of Aston Martins to this day was laid out by Ian Callum. Mm. And it's almost now that Aston and Jag aren't both owned by Ford, and he's not being sort of reined in. He's allowed to have his ideas back, mm-hmm. and so he's using them. They were his in the first so place. It's, a, it's an Ian Callum car. It's an Ian Callum yeah. car, yeah. And it, the, the little Jag is a fabulous-looking thing. It actually looks better in real life when you can get to see some of the subtle sort of sculpting on it. There's some nice detailing on the way that the metalwork sort of swoops around and some very subtle feature lines on it. And apparently it looks even better in daylight because then you really get to see, like under the window line, there's this sort of very delicate kind of ridge in the metalwork which just falls away and Mm. catches the light really nicely. And all that, it looks terrific. But It's a V6? It's a V6. Jaguar are working on a brand new V6 petrol engine. Three Which litre. is going to be built in Wolverhampton, isn't it? Well, I'm not sure it is, actually, because that new announcement this week about the Wolverhampton engine plant, they're saying that's four-cylinder engines. They're also working on a new family of four-cylinder petrol and diesel engines. I'm not sure where they're getting all their money from. Or well, mm. Tata, but, I mean, Tata mm. haven't got bottomless pockets, and mm. it's interesting. But well, it's nice that they are doing it. It's said that the Ford engines that Tata, Jaguar, Land Rover have to buy at the moment are expensive yeah yeah so maybe they've offset their r&d cost against you know the well, exactly. overinflated price because it's part of the buyout deal from jaguar land Rover that they've got to take this engine supply mm. so ford can dictate the price good news for Wolverhampton. yeah bad yeah. news for south wales where these well that's the thing there's this sort of irony that although it is being touted this announcement as great news for uk jobs no. the truth is that the more engines that jaguar land Rover build themselves the fewer they're buying from ford yeah. where they're mostly they're made in either dagenham or in bridgend so yeah. It's a bit give and take, but it's good that they're doing their own engine range. It's the same reason there's that big BMW engine plant at Hams Hall in the Midlands, because that was really built to supply engines to Rover when BMW owned Rover, because they were being striped for a fortune still buying in certain engines from Honda, and they were trying to make sure they absolutely wound that back. Same situation, identically, All homegrown, yeah, and then obviously for the same reason they rushed out to the first car they did under BMW was the Rover 75, so they stopped paying Honda a massive royalty 
for the Honda designs that they were yeah. they were doing there. Anyway, we digress. Oh, so, I, um, no, we don't. Very we briefly, cars, but yeah. The, yeah, that new Jag, I think, would probably be my star of the show because I think it looks like a production car. It is a production car. They're having to pretend that it's a production concept, but it's pretty much fact that we will see next year, probably, a production version of it, starting with a Roadster, I think, and then the Coupe afterwards. Really? That's yeah, they're going to do the Roadster first, as far that. as I can work out. And they will then... Follow it with a coupe. The concept has a three liter V6 with a hybrid drivetrain right, in yeah. it. I think the, the real car will come first with just a three liter V6. This new engine family, and they'll work on these other tech versions. It's, it's sort of feasible stuff. It's not completely pie in the sky, and it will come. But mm. uh, yeah, at the moment, I mean, there's a thing that some of the car mags have already got spy pictures of cobbled together XKs with the running gear of the real thing on test. So it's out there. The prototypes are running. It is coming sooner rather than later. The concept I discovered from somebody deep within Jaguar, though, is not the production car underneath. They got an old XK out of a scrapyard at Gaiden and just put it on the suspension of that just because they make it roll yeah. back and forth, and that's all it needed. Yeah. The body, pretty much production ready. It wow. looks fantastic. That's mm. great. Yeah. My other stars of Frankfurt, though, the Volkswagen Up. Have you seen that little Why are you so car? excited by that? What's so special about it? I just like I've been struggling cars. with it, personally. Well, we all like little cars. I like little yeah. cars. Now, I got in it and I thought, well, this just feels like a small Volkswagen, but I don't think that's a bad thing. It's almost like, and as you mm-hmm. know, I've got a Fiat 500 now, and it feels to me like a Fiat 500 with sort of 30% less happiness about it. Because a <laughs> a happy little car. Yes. Hey, molto bene, molto bene, and it zings along and it's fine. But you get into the up and you think, well, they've paid attention to the 500. It has a metal dashboard in the colour of the exterior bodywork. You get it mm. with a glass roof like the 500. It's got some quite nice detailing. It feels like quite a quality object in the way the 500 does, as long as you don't look too far down to where the carpets are like sort of scratchy synthetic pubes and you know the, the lower dashboard moulding's not great but the bits you touch and the bits you see most of the time quality. are great yeah. the VW you feel like the quality goes a bit deeper mm. and in the boots you open the boot and the floor is sort of pretty much level with the sill and you think oh, that's not very good and then they realise there's a false the floor sub- this is you lift it up and there's a yeah. huge well underneath which uh-huh. I suspect for future hybrid and electric versions yeah, they'll be yeah. able to put the batteries there yeah. but for the time being little one litre three cylinder petrol that they're going to start selling first you open it up and the actual weight of this false floor it's like lifting a stud wall. It feels architectural, yeah. It makes you feel but immediately it's a quality car. You need right. to remove some weight from the back of it. If they're going to put a heavy mm. battery pack in there, You've you almost need to surely oh, have some weight that. that you can lose from the back in order mm. to That's not... That's interesting. Your I hadn't even considered much. that maybe it's not just quality. It's also um, doing things for the weight. I, maybe, yeah, maybe. You know, yeah, they're, they're, they're almost putting weight in there in order they can take it away again. I enjoyed your comedy tweeting, particularly of the up. At Frankfurt show because they made some real faux pas. There was oh, there was man, a aye. there was the e up, aye, happen, aye, <laughs> which they do well in Yorkshire and Lancashire, happen, aye, aye. and the black up, which yeah. isn't going to do that well. Really. Oh, God, so, why nobody tell them? Because this is the one thing I, I'm interested in this because yeah, it's really, a little. It was a black up called uh, the black. They're up. launching the black it up. now. They've got this um, annoying. They're just yeah. mucking about with syntax and grammar. The car in their world is officially called the Up, all lowercase with an exclamation mark at the end. Up! Oh, up. no, that's terrible. Okay. I know, it's annoying yeah. for a start. Okay. Yeah, for a start, there are going to be times when you want to put the uppercase on the start of it. Yeah. Secondly, what happens when it's at the end of a sentence? 
Do you put the exclamation mark and mm. then a full stop? Yeah. Oh, do you, you're not allowed yeah, to do no, that. I don't, I don't it's like infuriating. Can even convention prevent you from doing that? Well, well, I, like I think this. it's a grey area, and this is, and this is why. Yeah. Uh, but car makers, they monkey with this all the time. You know, the Mini, the, the new Mini officially, they, they tried to insist that it was always written in uppercase, entirely in uppercase, to distinguish which it makes from the sense old for Mini. A, which yeah. is okay, at least you could sort of get away with that. I mean, in the modern age, uppercase is often considered on the internet as shouting. So you know what you're driving? Well, I've got a Mini! That's right, a Mini. Oh, really? Yeah, well, I it sold is. it because I used to have an up, and that it's yeah. just it's. Well, crazy. will there be a, a version of the up specifically for the male owner, the cock up? <laughs> will, that, will, will that happen? No. Uh. <laughs> very, very quickly, I was going to say that they're launching it with two sort of limited editions, and one is all white and one is all black. So they're called the white up and the black up. And of course, black up just looks awful written down, particularly like some 70s comedy show. However, a range of up concepts to show how they can then expand this range. And there was a five door with like Rover Streetwise slash Polo cross, whatever it's called, cross Polo, wheel arch extensions. Yeah. But then there's a little one called the GT up, which was. A sports concept, but with fantastic wheels like on a Golf GTI on it and twin tailpipes and a 100-horsepower version of the three-cylinder petrol engine that's in the regular Up that you'll soon mm. be able to buy. And it just looked terrific. And I thought, well, I've heard that the regular Up is not that amazing to drive. It just drives like a small Polo, and I'm sure that's what a lot of buyers want. But mm. we like Which driving. We'd like to be a bit yeah. more exciting. Yeah. Mm. Remember the old Lupo GTI? Mm. Lovely mm-hmm. little car. Mm. and. Yeah, great value. And it had a six-speed gearbox on it, if you remember that. It was yes. a bit of a novelty at the time. Yeah. I looked in the GT up, and it had a six-speed manual gearbox. No DSG, no paddles or anything yeah. like that. Just a proper oh, okay. old-fashioned gearbox. And I thought, that has promise, and I sincerely hope they make it. Well, the version that I might take would be the poker-oriented version, the shuffle up and deal. They should do a version for young kids as well, shouldn't they, uh, who play a lot of video games? The level up. The eat up your greens. That would do it, yeah. <laughs> My favourite car at Frankfurt, I think, I'm surprised I'm saying this, the Kia GT, I think it was called. Mm. Did you see it? Yeah. Because that's more than just a concept. It's a marker of where Kia are at these days. Have you seen the Kia Rio? Mm. Have you seen... Mm. How gorgeous is that for well, a little... I wouldn't say gorgeous, but it's a nice-looking little car. I think it's gorgeous. I think it looks like a, a great Ford. I think Kia's look like Fords, which always gets my attention at the moment, because you know, I like Fords. Oh, I think it's a better Fiesta. You're a much what? bigger Ford fan yeah. than I am, though, for example. Yeah, you know, you I, know, you know, I agree that a lot of Ford's recent design has been finally done lovely works on the more recent models, but, you know... And Ten years ago, I can't say I was in at all a fan. California of recently, spent a fortnight over there. Kias are doing great business in California. You know, you've driven mm. uh, Hyundai, was it, the Genesis in, in California? Yeah. Korean cars have a take-up in California because of the huge Korean population. You know, you'll always buy cars of your own nation, you'll support it. That's a sort of a way in. It's giving them credence in that respect. Have you seen the Sonata in America? The Optima is the big saloon out there. Yeah. With, which with, I've driven very briefly, and it looks nice on the outside. The dashboard pretty much like an Audi A6, and it drives sort of like a slightly nicer Audi. But the Sonata looks like the Passat CC, is that yeah, what it's yeah. called? Or, or the CLS CC, sort of yeah. coupe yeah. saloon. Yeah. Really eye-catching. Well, that's it, coming to Europe. Yeah. They were showing it off at the Frankfurt show. They're calling it the i40. And the saloon is very, very handsome. The estate looks nice as well. It'd be right up your strasse because it's, you know, estate oh, and... Actually, I, I speak with a forked tongue, don't I? I'm talking rubbish before we finish this programme. My favourite car was not the Kia GT, this sort of 5 Series sort of thing that they're making at all. I, I just forgot. 
forgotten. It was the Fisker Surf. Mm. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to finish this programme here and go off and find some pictures of that lovely shooting break. I know it's got four doors, but you know me and shooting breaks. You've been listening to Richard Porter. Goodbye. Sock. Goodbye. And I'm Gareth Jones, and I love shooting breaks. See ya. Oh, please, that's disgusting. <laughs> to send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, or follow us on Twitter, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! <laughs>